Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Wannabe Podcast, where you can get a behind-the-scenes look at the opportunities available in the creative and entertainment industries all so that you can get to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I am, of course, your host, Imriel Morgan. This is a special Black History Month mini-series that we've put together for you. I would like to give a huge thank you to the Social Mobility Commission who have helped us pull this mini-series together, and they allowed us to use their research and reports to help inform us of the issues around education, achievement, and attainment. With this in mind, Content is Clean is proud to present you with Black Kings this season. Our first guest is truly exceptional and I am so excited to have him on the podcast. Majid Majid, also known as Magic Majid, if you know, you know. Majid is a Somali-British justice activist, author and former elected politician, He was a Green Party MEP representing Yorkshire and the Humber at the European Parliament and was previously the youngest ever Lord Mayor of his beloved city, Sheffield. Majid was recently named one of Time's 100 Rising Stars Shaping the Future of the World. What? Majid is also the author of the recently released book, The Art of Disruption, A Manifesto for Real Change. In this episode, we discuss the importance of focusing curiosity and having audacity. Majid also shares how he got into campaigning and politics and why he questions absolutely everything. Majid shares the one thing he's always done to keep his mind sharp. And we also explore the role travel and culture has had on his life. Get ready for all of the lols. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Honestly, I've never really had much of a career ambition or in terms of like what people would consider careers and jobs and stuff. I remember when I was really, really young, I think when I was like four or five, I really wanted to be an elephant because I remember that was quite cool (laughs) at the time. And then at one point I wanted to be an astronaut and then I wanted to be a wrestler and then all sorts of things. But I, I... I, there's a part of me where I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what it is I want to do. But in terms of the person, like, who I want to be as a person, I guess I've always wanted to be independent. I've always wanted to be someone who travels, that kind of knew a lot about the world that we live in and about people. So I've always wanted to kind of know a lot about people and different cultures and stuff. And in terms of, like, I, I studied aquatic zoology at university. Like, I knew that. I never, even though when I was studying that. What? That's so <laughs> I random. Knew I knew I didn't want to be a marine biologist or get into <laughs> conservation. It was just something I was interested in at the time. So, but the thing is, it's like, it's always been, as long as I'm learning, taking myself out of my comfort zone, but most importantly, as long as I feel like I'm having a positive contribution to those around me in society, I'm I'm basically, I feel fulfilled in some, in some capacity. And of course, I'm ambitious and I'm always 
wants to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and making use of opportunities and just become. But in terms of a categorized thing, I really don't know. <laughs> Even though what I'm doing now is something that I never thought I'd be doing, basically. Do you know where that comes from? What would you credit that curiosity and ambition? I guess it's a combination of those two things, really. I, I, yeah, I think, first of all, like, I guess in terms of role models growing up, there really wasn't anyone specific that I would I would say, like, these that person was my role model kind of thing. For me, I think growing up, the internet played a big, big role, if I'm being honest with you. And I think the internet was in some way my role model in the sense that, like, it was... It just showed me that there was so much more to the world than the social housing estate that I kind of grew up in Sheffield. And it was like so much more to life. And I would always spend so much time on the internet, whether that be researching different parts of the world, different things. So it was, I just knew there was a whole world out there. And I think growing up, I kind of was, I just knew that there's so much more to the world than what I basically know of. And I think from that, I just was always someone who was willing to try new things and take themselves out of the comfort zone and just trying to expand my thinking and my knowledge of the world and what was around me yeah I guess there's like a fearlessness and a a courageousness that comes with that yeah like especially if you're doing that from young like were you never scared of getting it wrong or just messing up or just like dying depending on the risk you were taking do you know what so for example I really was into like I was like listen I needed to get out and see the world right so I worked two months when I was um 17 and I worked for like six months in a between two different factories of like one of them was a next distribution center the other one was something just to save up some money to go travel and I remember I I went did some climbing in the Swiss Alps but I also went to Brazil and and I was in Brazil for four months and I remember one of the things I really wanted to do was and go to and visit some indigenous communities and Mm. I went to a small town called Altamira which is on the mouth of the Shingu River and to have access to any cultural land, or you have to you have to go through a government agency called Fortnite, which I just didn't have access to, and you had to spend loads of money, which I didn't have. So anyway, I went to a small town Altamira, and I was speaking with whatever limited Portuguese I learned when I was there, and I managed to find some woman called um, Miriam who was amazing, and then she told me how to kind of go about it, and she kind of hooked me up with some bloke that literally went on a boat. It's like kind of like a wooden log boat for like 12 hours. And I stayed with this indigenous tribe called an Arara Kayapo Shingu tribe for two weeks. Nice. And I kind of bought like a lot of like sugar, I kind of natural resources with me just as say hello. And I was very self-sufficient. But put it this way, right? Knowing what I know now, it was so reckless and dangerous. Even like, honestly, on the way back, like there was no direct route on the way back. I had to keep like stopping off at a different like little kind of island, island and then waiting for somebody like because the rivers are like the highways and waiting for somebody else to walk by and get a lift with them but anyway just the whole experience was so mad and i was completely reckless like no no family and friends knew where i was oh my god and i was i would not do that now <laughs> what were you like at school <laughs> why are you um, laughing <laughs> no, I mean... so, so much mischief in the laugh <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I was that person that um, that the teachers loved, that they're like, okay, but I was, you may, I wasn't a class clown, but I just, like, I was disruptive. I was basically just to disrupt the class. And I, I was never, it was never done out of malice or anything like that. But it was just like, I was very mischievous. And like, I think the worst, in terms of the worst thing I did was launching fireworks in the playground. 
that was the worst thing. But like I did. Was anyone hurt in the launching of these fireworks? Nobody was okay, hurt. Good. No, thankfully, nobody was hurt uh, whatsoever. But I was like, I don't know, I was quite mischievous. And I like, and it was always like, Majid, you've got so much potential, but you just need to focus on this and that. But and I did have up until the end, I had the record for the most on calls, which was basically being sent out of class. And I remember my teacher, Hugh Howe, Oh, he was no nonsense, bro, right? <laughs> and I think he won an MBE for basically being a head teacher and stuff. But anyway, wow. he literally called the school assembly and put me on stage and got the school, like, kind of on-call phone and started slamming it and shouting at me in front of uh, everyone to kind of make an example out of me. But the peakest moment was when my mum came with me for a full day and sat with me in class. Think about it. <laughs> You're in school and your mum is sat with you. And it's like, the teacher would ask a question. I'm like, Hands up if you know this. My mum would put her hand up and she'd be like, yeah, Majid, no. Majid knows the answer to that. And I'm like, rah. Like, it was just like embarrassing. It was just everything at once. I'm right? dying. But, um, <laughs> but I was basically, it was just like, it's like, I, I basically, you know, my entire year group, every, honestly, it was peaceful. We all had fun. We had beef with another school. But Who doesn't? I, you know, yeah, it was just honest. It was just all, yeah, exactly. It was just all fun and games. Amazing. Kind of. Anyway, I, do, I got my GCSEs, got 12 GCSEs Rap. between A star and C star. I did enough to get on to do like the A levels and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> but my mum my was like, you could have done better. I'm like, yeah, of course I get it. I mean, you've definitely gone on to do some pretty incredible and extraordinary things. Thanks. Talk to me about politics and where and why how you went from wanting to be an elephant and a marine biologist to politics <laughs> and being the youngest lord mayor of sheffield my earliest memory of campaigning of of any sort was when i was at university i was president of the mma and sports club at university because i founded the club I, I set it up we had a bad sports time it was just terrible and then i was like listen this can't continue it's actually actually ridiculous so then i would earn like collaborate we're getting touch with the other um, presidents of a sports club and we kind of put a campaign together and that was the first time i actually campaigned for something and then that kind of got me involved in my students union and university i just didn't i didn't know much about politics i knew the issues i cared about and i wanted to campaign but i didn't know the lingo or like how politics worked and stuff but i then ran for student union president at my That's university just by move. encouragement from friends and stuff. I knew I wanted to campaign to eradicate the hidden cost, cost of university. I knew I wanted to kind of campaign for free. There's so many things I wanted to campaign, so that's what I said I would campaign on. To my surprise, I got elected by a complete landslide. And I think that was because I was able to really engage... By a complete landslide, you know. Yeah, that was so I, humbly I, I said. Honest, I, you I were like... Because, you know, um, you know, by some reason, like, it yeah. <laughs> really surprised you. <laughs> so casually but, but, but i think it <laughs> i think it was because for so long i reckon like the students union was so far removed from ordinary like students and they didn't really know how to kind of engage with students because it was like it was this, it was always kind of the status because same people run and get elected whereas i kind of because i was someone that was very engaged in student life and i was just an auditor and i it enabled me to because i guess i already had a profile among mm. students before actually running anyway and then the kind of like campaigning digital and coming up with different ways campaigning that really kind of uh, propelled me and then it was once i and it's actually quite funny because i remember at the hustings somebody asked me there was a question if i was going to join the picket line and i had absolutely no idea what a picket line was like i just <laughs> didn't know so i gambled and i said yeah yeah i'm going to join the picket line <laughs> and the people gave me a round of applause but anyway 
it was after that it was when I and then like two years a few things like um, happened and then I I was in Sheffield and I just I guess it was 2014 and I remember it was during the rise of UKIP and it was that European election I just remember there was so much rhetoric of fear, hate and division and I just remember thinking to myself with everything that's happening in the world if I can at least make my small part of the world my Sheffield, my community that bit better that's at least me having a positive contribution and playing my part There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So then I would literally just get involved in, like, saving the local library from closing. And then I was like, let me join a political party. And then all my family and, like, friends... They all were Labour Party voters. Like, where I'm from, either these people just vote Labour because you're not going to vote for the Tories, kind of. Yeah, thing. exactly. So, that the, kind the, of tribalism. Yeah, and it's. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it literally it was like a sports team. Like, it's the Labour was sports, like, you vote for the win or lose, it's who you are. It's like, people would be like, oh, like, we always voted this way, this is who we are, XYZ. And I guess me is, I've just always someone that just would always ask questions and I just would, whether it be something good or bad, I just, I didn't accept what the status quo was, even within my own community. So I would do a lot of research and I was like, right, who makes the decisions in Sheffield? And then I just, I just, remember, I just used to YouTube a lot of things. I just used to YouTube a lot of like, how does local council work? Like go online, find out about local democracy. And then I was like, right, it's these councillors that call the shots in Sheffield yeah. on a local uh, aspect. So then I kind of was like, right, put myself forward to be a councillor, campaigned locally, got elected to be a councillor, and then put myself forward to be Lord Mayor, got elected for that. And then I was like, yo, the European elections are coming. Are we having it? Are we not? We're going to have it. And I just kind of thought it was kind of a full circle in the sense of because it was the European elections 2014 that actually got me involved in party politics. And I just thought, especially like it was a case where I refused to believe that people like Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson were going to be the future authors of our country. And when I knew that we can have a better story of hope bringing people together and i just kind of thought i just wanted to have my say in that so basically i thought i will stand to be a candidate and even though yorkshire and humber we've never had a green mep before we basically got the first one and honestly it was sheffield that carried me <laughs> in that because in sheffield it's a red city labor through and through and the opposition of the lib dems mm. right fortunately thankfully for the support of so many people i I beat Labour by 10,000 votes. Lib Dem by 10,000 votes. So, Do you know how... Like, do you actually clock how sick that is to just be like, yeah, I just kind of put myself forward for this. Like, you're not putting yourself forward for, like, small things. Like, these are big, public-facing, yeah. under-scrutiny, 
like roles public yeah. figure positions like where did you get the audacity sir <laughs> being from your background coming from where you come from being like where where does that audacity come from and i'm not even saying that to be rude like i'm genuinely I, like no 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 it's, audacious, I, I, it's an audacious I, I and bold thing to do right. i'm 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 in awe of yeah. it because <laughs> you know for when i kind of looked at the people who were elected to represent us right and i just and i'm like what these people are politicians and you look at how absolute shite <laughs> that they are and how they don't even fulfill that and i'm literally the case of like you're doing like i i can do a better job there. and honestly not only me i know especially when you when i see young people right and they're like oh no like how do i like maybe i need to have much experience this this, this and that and that honestly like the amount of dire politicians and people in roles of authority that are just so incompetent or even like can't even think critically and i'm just like you are more than capable you have more you've got enough skills and tools and everything you need to be a better politician than, than these people but a lot of the time i feel like it's that like people just need to be empowered to do it and i reckon i guess with me i've always i don't know where it comes from i've always always been a bit had the audacity to do things that were out of, like because let's be honest like it's a lot of these roles they weren't built for people of my mm-hmm. background to actually kind of hold those roles. But I guess one thing I have been bad at, if I'm being honest with you, is celebrating the wins. It's like, I remember it like it's, even like it's, even when I became a little bit old, like even, I mean, it was like, I don't know if it's just a problem, I think there's just a problem with me to be honest. It was like, right, I, I'm like, I was like, right, next thing. And I, I'm already thinking like, like, right, I need to do this. I need to do that. But not really just kind of, kicking back for a bit and just been thinking like, wow, like this happened, that was amazing. And honestly, the only moment that happened was during, after Brexit and during the pandemic when we was in full lockdown and everything was such a whirlwind and it kind of was like, took a step back and I was kind of, gave me time to really reflect. But also, before I was, I was giving excuses, oh, I'm busy, I need to do this, this and that. I was forced to kind of mm-hmm. go to kind of get one and really even address things I didn't want to think about and it kind of enabled me to kind of think holistically and kind of, all the achievements, this and that. So and you can argue maybe I didn't really enjoy it within the time. I, I did enjoy it. It was a massive thing, but I just, I didn't really see the significance. So kind of with it, but it was always like, at times I, I felt like I was, I was fighting all the time. Mm, Whether mm. that be against other people that were putting barriers in my way. Obviously, so it wasn't, I was, it was like, right, let's go. Like, fight. so I didn't really get an opportunity to even really just sit down with kind it. of thinking, kind of like reflect on a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, that must've been so difficult. I mean, it's hindsight though. Exactly. And as well, let's be honest, we have all been socially conditioned to expect what a politicians look like, these people that hold these roles. And when somebody that doesn't fit that character and fit that mold, people lose their shit. Honestly, <laughs> like it's, I remember even like within the council, like, like the head of like the civil service she came to me no word of like crying she goes who do you think you are you ruined the role you're saying that you don't want to you don't want to wear a robe you don't want to have a, a consult you're doing this you're not sticking to tradition i'm like is this woman absolutely what is for the, real? who's this karen <laughs> i think when i was getting a lot of support from people that weren't in the kind in in these and um, structural environments and honestly like the the cult the and uh, arts and culture creative sector were massive supporters of mine for, like among Sheffield young people, people from and uh, immigrants BME PLC background they were all massive supportive and that kind of that really instilled me with a lot of yeah. confidence to be like give them a two fingers and be like no like we're doing things my way and then like and I always say like think about traditions like of course think about it we used to have shit traditions where women weren't allowed to vote or 
slavery was accepted. This is that, but then again, like, like tradition is only peer pressure for dead people. <laughs> That's all it is. How did you get through the difficult moments? Like honestly, like like I'd have like sometimes I'll kind of. And on a group WhatsApp chat with my friends, I'll just be kind of complaining. Shout out to like, the group WhatsApp. That'd be kind of the WhatsApp group. Space yeah, saves yeah. lives, you know. <laughs> Ultimate safe literally, space. Literally, literally, one hundred percent. But then also, it's um, a lot of kind of like whether that be racist trolls. Or I would never retaliate, kind of thing. Right? I would always on social media spe- mm, specifically, because mm. I kind of it's came to realization the fact. Listen, my energy is limited, yeah. right? So I can either like combat and i'd be like putting energy in kind of like all negative or i can just put my focus and energy on the positive stuff because with, with every like 10 negative things there'll be 101 positive things but at times it's easy to kind of forget that positive things and be like what they said this mother i'm just let's go like so it was just kind of like maintaining my energy and stuff like that and sometimes of course i'd be feeling like shit this is and that but pick myself back up new day the next day and kind of just do you journal or anything like that or do you like keep a like a little gratitude log do you do anything wooey like that not really but i i was definitely someone that would always count my blessings without a shadow of a doubt and i guess trying to just think of like i don't know just how great great flame of certain things but i've honest, at times it's a bit difficult and stuff like that but i would always come back to just just contemplate just in terms of like people i care about and just how grateful i am and it's and i guess of course and like that's something i was definitely aware of in the sense of knowing where i've come from and what the position i am now i get it it's a massive massive deal and i think of the people shoulders that i'm stood on people who have kind of got me to where i am and it's they're the like people yeah so i do like practice gratitude as much as possible excellent very important i think that's something i need to do more of to be honest because I often forget, mm. and much like you, things get busy, things get hard, and you just you get, get caught, caught up in up. life you and can, just kinda... completely lose sight of yeah. like, oh, actually, I managed to do something or achieve something. So yeah, I completely hear yeah. that. I'm curious to know what you're working on getting better at right now. Wow, what I'm working on getting better. Okay, <laughs> do you know focusing uh, in the sense of <laughs> fair enough. Honestly, I've never been short of ideas in terms of like, I've always got things I want to do, this, this, this and that. But there's only so much you can do because we've all got a limited amount of time. And at times it's just like trying to focus and like, right, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I'm going to do even for this one and not get too distracted about. And even, it's not even necessarily like your own distractions, life distractions, whether that be, even if it's opportunities or like, even like family relationships. So at times it's just been having to learn to say no at times, just be like, no, honestly, like that as much as amazing that is like, it's, I just really need to focus on this thing for the time being and kind of like, yeah. So just kind of like, just kind of focusing yeah. on things. That's a really good thing to improve. <laughs> but for me, I just use Google Docs quite a lot. Since like 2012, where I've like, call it a creative dump, call it whatever it is that you want, but like any ideas, anything that's interesting or anything on that, I'm just, I'm just always logging it. Ooh. on like what do you call it on these like different google so there's any time you know like something interesting happens i'm like do you know what like i kind of like go back and then i can kind of offer something or like i've got an idea on something whereas i'm not having to like think oh let me think about that kind of having to kind of go i don't know like whether that be like piece of creative writing or 
ideas for this I've been working on or just different things that I just I just always kind of log kind of like an inspiration hoarder that's cool I wish I could do that I'm not that diligent about taking notes so I often lose those moments of like reflection and inspiration yeah it's like it happens to the best because sometimes like because I feel like when something comes to you I don't know maybe it's well okay if I don't know if you want I will mm-hmm. lose it and I don't know if I'll be able to kind of get that back so it's sort of like even if I don't ever end up using it, whatever I've collected you, I've got you. Like you're not going to escape <laughs> kind of thing. I love it. That's really cool. That's actually a really cool way of like looking at the world and thinking about the world. And I guess it, in its own way, is kind of like a a way of journaling or archiving your memories yeah. and your ideas. And do you know what? What's a journal? Well, WhatsApp messages <laughs> or straight up journal. Because honestly, like the timeline, you like every because totally. So like it's, I'm like it's. Do you know what? Because I use a lot of voice notes. Like I'm that annoying uh, person same. that would send like. <laughs> I love a voice note. <laughs> I'm just like because you know it's like there's no room for like oh what do they mean by that what tone that like like it's just and plus I'll be honest it's a lot easier than typing this and that. And I've been sending voice not ever since WhatsApp enabled <laughs> that, right? So, like, even, you know, like, God, do not say if I was still, or whenever I pass away, there's literally catalogues of just basically me talking about different things. And it's like, so even if I was to go back and buy WhatsApp with different people, there, it's a journal within yeah. itself and me discussing different ideas or like certain things are popping up. So it's like, it's, and that's especially in its Roy's form as well. Yeah. I really want to talk about your book and what led you to writing a book i guess like it's a manifesto for real change. i guess it kind of comes from 10 principles to kind of give you a bit of context on that it was there's a music festival in sheffield and they were like imagine we've got this big massive billboard at the festival you can have whatever you want on the festival why are you in particular and, <laughs> just because i was lord mayor so like we want the mayor's words <laughs> yeah they literally and they gave me open but they said you can have whatever you want on sweet and i'm like okay so then I was like, right, so 10th year of that, something around the number 10. So then I was like, okay, Sheffield's 10 commandments, fucking 10 universal commandments. And then there were the 10 commandments. And then, then I was like, right, they're kind of basically 10 values. That's not exclusive to Sheffield or whatever. And I thought, you know, honestly, there were 10 values that are basically, that I kind of live by. And I kind of, with the book, they're kind of like 10 manifesto points, 10 big ideas that I explore. But then within those ideas, I'm kind of weaving in anecdotes basically like kind of story anecdotes to also lessons that i've learned whether that be in work life and politics and i'm kind of bring all that together basically so the book is i guess it's a guide to being courageous whether that be i guess more with emphasis of course of like disrupting those age or power structures in whatever they be work life or politics and of course i use stories of me coming to the uk like and growing up in sheffield post-industrial city in politics so i guess if it is the book is for like if if you want to make a difference, big or small, it's something that's that's basically earned for you. So, it's yeah. So that's basically it. Brilliant. Are you proud of it? Yeah, one hundred percent. It was like I'm not gonna like it was an absolute ball. Eh? <laughs> um, so the final question: What is the best advice you've ever received, and the worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> so, uh, I, one of the best advices I received was. It's better to get in trouble for something you did than something you didn't do. Mm, logical. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's fair uh, and in terms of the worst advice I've received was uh, 
do you know, I don't know, if, like, if it's an advice, but I remember, like, people would always say, I imagine, like, you know, you need to, you need to tone it down, or maybe you shouldn't speak on that, like, maybe you shouldn't be too, and I'm like, listen, you should be too political, and I'm like, I haven't got the privilege of not being too, like, it's, I'm someone who's black, someone who, like, from a Muslim, there's so much injustice happening, whether it affects me or those people around me or not, it's just, how can I remain silent, mm. and kind of just stay quiet, but so, I, I just kind of, some people around me just like, you know, you just like, just chill out, turn it, then there's no need to kind of be a bit too, I'm like, I'm just like, no, thank you. Like it's, especially when I've been fortunate enough to be given a platform, it's like, it's what I do with it that counts more than anything else. Absolutely. And you've done some phenomenal things. So thank you. Thank you for your service. No worries. Take care, Mariel. What an inspiration. I had so much fun talking to Majid. He is an absolute diamond and I highly recommend you follow him and his work on social media at Magic Majid. And make sure you support this Black King by getting a copy of his book, The Art of Disruption, a manifesto for real change. For updates on Wannabe, follow Content is Queen on Twitter at Content is QN and Instagram at Content is Queen HQ. Content is Queen has officially opened two podcast studios in Peckham and in Somerset House. So if you have a story that you are just dying to tell through a podcast, then head to contentisqueen.org and join our waiting list to get access to our studios. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via your Insta stories. We've pulled some amazing quotes from this episode, which you can reshare via Instagram and Twitter. This podcast is proudly a Content is Queen production. As always, huge love and hugs to Ellie Clifford for pulling this episode together for me this week. And finally, thank you so much for listening and make sure you tune in next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.